whether you are fit, were fit, or getting fit, it's time for Too Fit. Welcome to the Too Fit Podcast, wellness for normal people, with your hosts, Brandon Walker and Sarah Hollyhead. That's right, Jim. It is time for the Too Fit Podcast with me, Brandon Walker, and you, Sarah Hollyhead. Awesome. It's good to be here. It's good to be back. This is uh, episode number seven, right? Yeah, that's right. Seven's a good time, number. It's a time nice round flies number. by. Tell us what you've been up to this week because I'm intrigued, obviously, by it. But I think our audience might want to know what shenanigans, fitness-wise, you've been up to in the last week. Quite a bit, actually. Yeah. Uh, well, I decided hey, I'm going to try something new in the spirit of what we've been talking about. Change it up a little bit. So I found some interesting classes. <laughs> and overall, the experience has been a lot of fun. So Do tell us about these classes. Well, uh, let's see. Started with one that was similar to Circus de Soleil type <laughs> with the whole hanging drapes. and you. Know. you got. I think you got to explain that a little bit more because when people think of hanging from drapes, they probably imagine hanging in front of their windows and well no these are a little bit more secure than that so it's <laughs> obviously going to be able to hold your body weight but i mean it's you kind of using a lot of arms and a lot of legs to hold yourself up and a lot of stretching which is what i really need to work on so so you're holding yourself up by what is essentially thin curtains long how long are they they're pretty long because they kind of pull on the floor. And so, so they hang can, from the ceiling. They have a hook on the ceiling that they're wrapped around, they're tied to, and then they just drape down in two separate pieces. So one for each arm, and you wrap them around your arms, and then you can do basically like, you know, what do they call it? Captain's chair? I forget what they call that exercise in the gym, you know, where you pull your legs up and it's a lot of abs. So it works abs, it works... I mean, arms, it works everything. <laughs> That's a lot harder than it looks. You think that it'd be pretty easy, but I'm going to, in harder. this week's notes, I'm going to post a video that shows, unfortunately not showing you doing this because that's really what I'd like to see, but I will show. It needs a lot of work before yeah, I would I'll allow that. I'll show someone doing this uh, vertical fitness routine, but it does sound cool. Now, the other one is the one I'm more interested in. The pole dancing, huh? Yes. <laughs> Explain to us uh, about the fitness of pole dancing. Well, and, and you don't realize that it takes a lot of abs. It takes a lot of core strength. It takes arm strength. I mean, there's a lot more to it than just swinging around and you know, popping the booty, I guess. Well, um, my assumption is everyone is clothed pretty... Uh, yes comfortably but not too comfortably in the class is that right everyone's closed so there's no and I, and, and it's a great atmosphere i'm going to kind of give them some all our listeners i'm going to give a little promotional of vertical fitness dallas because it's a great atmosphere nobody feels i didn't feel uncomfortable i felt very relaxed and i didn't feel like i looked silly or i did look silly but i didn't feel like anybody was laughing specifically at me so the both both classes were at the same place. Right. They have a whole bunch of classes that are all different uh, kind of things that you wouldn't necessarily think of as a, a mainstream type of fitness. So alternative fitness. So if you're mm -hmm. bored with your fitness routine, 
uh, and you've got some basic strength and flexibility, these are these would be good places to start off. This would be a good place to start at. Yeah, definitely. I think for anybody, at any level, it's it's good. You can make it as difficult as you want, you know, by trying to keep the pose longer, things like that. So, but it's a lot of fun. It was. And I'm definitely gonna go back, so I'll let I'll give everybody an update on how it's going. I'm re- I just want to see you do it. Like I just want to see video or photographs or. Well, they said in some of the other classes they will. Can I go and watch? Put, well, they'll put video. They'll post video. You know, on some of the classes, obviously not the beginner All right. well, class. This is what <laughs> this is what me and the rest of our audience are looking forward to seeing. Okay. Well, as I get as I improve, perhaps I'll I'll uh, allow that. <laughs> awesome. All right, so this week the the topic, aside from vertical fitness and whatnot, is uh, we decided to go with five fitness myths. So we spent some time this week talking to each other about what are some some common misconceptions about fitness. And we, we found really there's dozens and dozens. There's lots of different things that either used to be true and are no longer true or never were true um, that are just based on bad science, bad information, or just information that gets passed on uh, for no particular reason, things that are, are just not exactly the case. So we're going to just pick five random ones this week and talk about them and explain what the myth is and, and kind of bust it like on the show, Mythbusters, without explosions, hopefully. So let's go with this first one here. The first myth, and, and this is kind of a sort of a tongue-in-cheek one, and that's the myth that stepping into a gym makes you healthier. Just the idea that Literally just uh, walking into a gym or getting a gym membership, by nature, it's going to make you healthier. What do you, what do you think about just that idea to begin with? I wish it was that easy. Yeah. I mean, I would make it a lot better and a lot easier for everyone, but same way with hiring a trainer. It's not, you ha- actually have to do some work. <laughs> now, this this troubles me in the gym when... And I don't really know why it troubles me because it's really none of my business. But when I see somebody on the treadmill and they're talking on their phone, it, it's, I mean, it's kind of rude to begin with, but it's, it's almost like I want to go up to them and go, you know, you're just, you're, you're not doing anything. You're, you're completely wasting your time. Well, and, you are doing something. I don't think we want to say, because as we said last time, it's better than sitting on the sofa talking on the phone. At least you're moving. Sure. But I think if you were to go to the gym every week and or you know three times a week and you're on the phone at a you know just kind of walking along for thirty minutes and then you don't understand why you're not seeing your results, well that's why. Sure. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah, it's better than doing nothing. But I mean, are you going to see any kind of major results from that? No. You know, a lot of people I think that they sign up for a gym membership and they go once a week or once a month. And then they're surprised that they're not seeing results and they're, they're confused by that because they watch the commercials and everybody looks fit and everybody at the gym, you know, other people at the gym that they're seeing are fit and they're confused as to why they're not. This is why I think it's, it's really important when you get a gym membership to get uh, at least one personal training session. Uh, talk to the people that are there, let them help you out and help you uh, get on a plan to help meet your goals. But I think there is a fine line between the myth that stepping into a gym uh, makes you healthier and the line that, that says you have to hurt yourself in order to be, to get 
healthy to be fit. The idea of no pain, no gain. I, I think that is a stretch because I don't think it necessarily has, I mean, it needs to be uncomfortable, right? I mean, you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to work yourself, but you don't have to kill yourself. And I think a good rule of thumb, and this is, this is what I've been taught as a trainer and what I teach others is that when you finish your, let's say you're doing a cardio routine in the midst of your cardio routine, you should be able to have a conversation you know, you could be out of breath, but enough to be able to talk, uh, answer, how about not, not, not have a conversation, but answer a question, right? But you shouldn't be, you know, at such a level that you can't talk. Does well, that that's right. I'll just kind of, when I'm by myself doing cardio, I'll just every now and then throw in and when the chorus comes on on a song, I'll sing along <laughs> and I figure I kind of look around. Everybody else has their headphones on, so I don't really... I'm not yelling it, but it's enough that I mean, I can tell that just as a check to kind of see where I'm at. And so you should be working hard enough that you can't have a simple, a full conversation, but you that can't you could sing answer the whole song, but you can sing some. Okay. That's a great way to put the it. chorus, you know, you can yeah. sing two lines. You can sing two lines of a song, uh, but you shouldn't be able to sing the whole song. Right. Likewise, you shouldn't be so out of breath that you can't talk. So you know, the, the, that's just kind of some parameters there. But just the idea that if you're going to go join a gym, if you're going to make a commitment to working out, just actually do it. Put some effort into it. Um, we talked about the 30-day uh, concept last week where it takes 30 days to create a habit or to break a habit. And so the idea that if you're going to join a gym, commit to it, do it for 30 days, do it for six weeks, make a, a long-term commitment to it, and then see what happens and actually put some, some real effort into it. So that's myth number one. Let's go on to myth number two because I think that one's uh, that first one's pretty simple. The second one is I think a more commonly held myth by people who watch TV commercials for fitness or uh, I don't know maybe have dabbled in it, and that's the idea that you could turn fat into muscle. And this reminds me of, of you know in medieval times there was uh, these people called alchemists, and their whole deal was they would convince kings and rulers and rich people that they could turn metal just typical metal steel iron into gold and they had this huge uh, list of chemical uh, formulas and properties and it was really they were charlatans they weren't they could never do that because it, it just doesn't happen that way you can't turn iron into gold it just doesn't work that way and in the same vein you you literally cannot turn fat one substance in your body into another substance you cannot turn fat into muscle so that, that idea, I think, is a myth that can be detrimental to people who are really literally expecting that to happen. Well, you basically, you're shrinking the fat cells, right? not changing them into a different type of cell. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So that's you're getting rid I of the fat, that's, fat. Yeah, I think that's where it's a little bit of a misconception. On. Right. So you could reduce the, the fat percentage in your body. You could literally lose fat. And then you could gain muscle or not gain muscle. One is not mutually exclusive. In fact, you could also do the opposite of that. You could gain muscle and still keep the fat. Uh, and we've talked a little bit about uh, on previous episodes about how to lose the fat and how to gain the muscle. Uh, but just the idea that by, by exercising, your, mus your fat is disappearing and it's turning into muscle is, I think, something that, that bears mentioning because a lot of people, I think, would, would think that. How about uh, along the lines of gaining muscle? I hear from women sometimes, and this is, this is probably what you've heard. Why don't you introduce uh, myth number three, Sarah? 
Well, for women, we're afraid that if we start lifting weights, we're going to get bulky. Uh, you know, start having look almost manly, mm, I yeah. guess. <laughs> you know, you don't. And there are cases like that in the gym that you've seen, but there are other reasons for that. Like what? Um, you know, some use of substances that are not uh, not good. Steroids yeah, for human so, growth hormone. That yeah, sort of anything thing. like that. So, I mean, you know, that in that way, women can get big and get bulky like a man. But I mean, other than that, it's it's really our bodies just aren't made for that. That's not what we're made to. So you can get lean and you can get you know you can get muscular. But you're not going to get real bulky unless you're using other means. So, and that would be very, I mean, you, then you would know that was the purpose you yeah, were it, using it, it takes, for. So. It takes a lot of work and a long time for women to get bulky and to get into bodybuilder shape. I mean, you, you see those, uh, the pictures of the women bodybuilders and I'm not here to judge them or anything. That's their thing. Good for them if they want to do that. But it's not something that's very common, and it's something that takes a, an extreme amount of discipline. So yeah. just the average woman that's going down to the gym, uh, lifting weights for 30 minutes every other day, you know, you're not in any danger of looking like that anytime right. soon. But what you are uh, prone to experience is, is what we've talked about before, that uh, lifting weights resistance exercise is actually really good to for losing weight you may gain a little bit of muscle mass just you know enough that your your muscles are getting stronger a little bit bigger but you're making up for that in the fact that you're you're burning calories that combined so uh, resistance work combined with some some intense cardio that's the key to losing weight as, uh, obviously with nutrition which we may talk up, talk about next week but uh, ladies don't worry about going to the gym and all of a sudden you know, looking like Schwarzenegger within a week. It's just not going to happen. Right. And that's good because I don't think women should look like <laughs> Schwarzenegger. No. But I really do have to add that from my own experience, if uh, women love to do cardio, I mean, that's, I think it's a comfort zone for us. I think we feel comfortable on the treadmill. We feel, feel comfortable on the elliptical. That's fine. But sometimes going into the weight side of the gym, you feel a little uncomfortable. It's mainly men. Maybe you don't know exactly what to do. And so it, you know, those kinds of things I think add to it. But, you know, for me, I really hit a different level when I started adding weights. And, and you know, I actually like that side of it better now than the cardio. But you really need both of them to get a good, I think, to get results. And I think it's fun. As, as I love lifting weights with you. I think it's mm -hmm. great. And uh Trust me, those of you who have not seen Sarah, she doesn't look like a man in any way. So she, she does just fine. She has great arms and a great body. So uh, not to get too much into that, but just don't, don't worry about that. And, it, and like Sarah said, it can be intimidating for women, just the idea of going and lifting weights. And so if you're going to do it by yourself, it's probably the best thing to do would just start out with some simple hand weights, uh, you know, start with five pound hand weights, maybe even less. Work your way up, like we talked about last week, that incremental uh, progress when it comes to lifting weights or just go get on some of the, the the machines where you're not having to lift a weight by itself and lift the whole um free weight that you're lifting machine based weights which are uh, safer especially right. if you're just starting out yeah all right let's move on to number four and this is one sarah likes to talk about i know and that's the idea of of, of spot training and we'll, we'll illustrate this with 
by talking about your abs because that's that's an area that everybody need everybody wants to improve everybody wants to improve their midsection they want to get rid of the love handles they want to have the abs like the situation or whatever they want to have that six pack look and the the idea the misconception that's out there is that all you need to do is just do crunches you could crunch and just do crunches and sit-ups and and core work and all of a sudden in six weeks you're going to have those those rock hard abs or buy those and you know whatever devices on the latest thing on on the infomercials the ab flex or yeah and then you're going to have this great body the ab rocker <laughs> that one's a good one too or that machine re- now those are here's the thing i'm not one of those types of trainers that will that believe that those are not helpful I, they are helpful but they're not going to give you rock hard abs if you've got you know uh, adipose tissue which is fat in front of your abs <laughs> You have to get rid of that first, and as we've talked about, you're not going to get rid of the fat by doing crunches. I think I read a statistic that said it takes 250,000 crunches to, to lose a pound of weight. And you can imagine how long it would take to do 250,000 crunches. You're talking about a lot of time. So the general rule of thumb when it comes to losing fat in a particular area and this is, this is something that's a little bit controversial, but this is kind of the rule of thumb, is that the area in which you have most recently gained the fat will be the first area to go when you begin losing fat. And I know you've argued with me about this before, Sarah, because you don't believe that's the case in your uh, particular situation. But for the most part, I've, I've, I've heard this is true and I've seen it true uh, or seen it demonstrated as true. So if you've got a spare tire, as they like to say, get into heavy cardio, work the, work the cardio and do full body weights. Work your arms, work your legs, work all the muscles in your body, not just your abs. Because what's going to happen is you're going to begin losing the fat from that midsection area, and you're going to be strengthening those muscles so that as you lose that fat, those muscles will become more defined. You, would you agree on that? Yeah, I'm agreeing with that. I mean, I think that's a great way to sum it up. It's just, I mean, and not only that, so let's say, even if it did, which we're saying that, then you're going to have these a six pack abs and then you're going to have your arms are going to be flabby and the rest of you going to be, I mean, who would want that anyway? <laughs> I don't sure. even know why that would, would be, uh, would be something you would. So I think that's more and more people are starting to see the, the reality, but. I mean, it, it seems almost counterintuitive, right? Because if you've got excess fat on your arms and you're in there doing, you know, bicep work and tricep work you would think by definition okay if i'm working that particular area that it's going to burn fat in that area but that's just not the way your body works your body stores fat uh in in reserves think of it like uh well this might not be a good illustration but like an airplane an airplane stores fuel in a number of different places there's fuel in the wings there's fuel in the fuselage there's fuel in different areas of the plane and it draws when it when it burns fuel. It draws the fuel from all of those areas, uh, basically simultaneously at the same time. Um, and so your body is similar. It's it, when you're working your arms, you're not burning fat from your arms. You're burning fat elsewhere just by the fact that your body is burning calories. Uh, there's a lot of sort of physiology that's involved in that, but that's the basic idea: is that spot training, and that means just working one particular area of your body, is not going to reduce the fat in that particular area that you're much more inclined to lose fat by doing uh, total body work, heavy cardio, intense cardio, uh, as well as resistance training. 
All right, let's move on to the last one. This one's a little less, well, possibly more controversial. Possibly. I think it's become less controversial in the last couple of years because of the research. And that's the idea of stretching. When I grew up uh, in athletics, and you too, I'm sure, Sarah, the first thing you did when you got onto the field was static stretching. That means before you started running, before you did anything, it was line up, you know, touch your toes, you know, do various stretches, all the different stretches you do in, in calisthenics before you even started moving. And the idea was, okay, by the act of stretching, you're loosening up your muscles. And so you're going to be less prone to injury. But they found recently in the last few years that that's not exactly the case, that you're much more apt to resist injury if you do some exercise, light exercise first. For instance, take a jog around the track, do some push-ups, do some sit-ups, crunches, get your body moving, get your muscles warmed up, and then do the stretching. Uh, or in fact, actually, this is, and this is kind of what I've moved into, I do the whole workout first, then I do the stretching at the end. And that may also seem counterintuitive, but the idea is your muscles become more flexible when they have blood in them and when they're warmed up. So the idea of doing stretches from a cold position uh, is not going to help you. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I, I'm more apt to go with the, you know, do something for 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, and then um, stretch a little bit and then start the harder stuff. Um, but I used to take it maybe a little too far because I used to get on my Stairmaster and do 15 minutes and the workout or the warm up ended up being, you know, tiring me out for the, the workout. So, I mean, I think it's just like you said, a light jog or, you know, depending on what your level is, maybe it's just walk, you know, walk around the track or 10 minutes on the treadmill, just walking and just kind of, you know, getting things moving, getting the blood moving. And for me too, it's kind of a mental thing. I know you walk into the gym and you just, you know, head right over there. But for me, I, sometimes it's better if I kind of have a, that transition time to, okay, you know, and whether that means if we're going to be lifting weights, then I just start with a lighter weight and just kind of warm it up and then, you know, stretch a little bit and then get into it. But Sure. Now, the, we're not saying that it's bad for you. You know, to, it, it's, stretching is not going to be bad for you, but it's not worth the time unless you do it in the proper mm -hmm. sequence, right? I think, and, and it's going to be more effective. If the idea of stretching is to prevent injury, doing it from a cold position is not going to help. And th that's what the studies have shown, that it's, you're no less likely to be injured if you do static stretching than you are to do no stretching. I think mm -hmm. that's the idea. Um, so when you stretch, do it after you've warmed up a little bit or even at the end of your workout. So again, to recap our fitness myths, Stepping into a gym does not make you healthier. You've got to work for it. Fat does not turn into muscle. That fat will dis decrease. Muscles will increase. And what do we say then in turn that muscle is not going to turn to fat? Right. Is that's that a great of, point too. I mean, I don't sure. remember us talking about that, but we I didn't think that. people sometimes when they're afraid, oh, I'm going to you know, get bulky and then if I don't keep working out, then all that muscle is going to turn to fat, but that's not... I mean, that's a great you point. might be getting fatter, but right. <laughs> it's not because of that. Your muscles will uh, atrophy over time mm -hmm. if you don't use them. And I think actually the latest statistic I've heard on that is eight days. Your muscles will start to atrophy if you don't use them. For instance, if you work out heavy 
one day and then you wait eight days or more before the next time you work out that there's going to be a little bit of strength and muscle loss within uh, starting at that eight day mark. And I'm sure that's up for a little bit of debate, but that's what I've heard recently. So fat doesn't turn into muscle and vice versa. Muscle doesn't turn into fat. Uh, the third myth was that women will get bulky if they lift weights and that's a myth. It's not necessarily the case that women will get bulky. They probably won't. Number four is spot training will help you lose weight. Endless crunches will help you lose your midsection. It doesn't work that way. And number five was that static stretching prevents injuries, which, uh, as we mentioned, it doesn't. So let's move on. Uh, Sarah, what's your article this week? Well, I was just looking again on WebMD and kind of a follow-up to what we were talking about last week about the the roles of parents in their children's um, eating habits and the way they view food and things like that. Now what do we, what, what, for those who didn't hear last week's episode, what do we, what was the conclusion of the article last week? Oh, basically that the woman's role is a little bit greater in determining and shaping their children's eating habits and how they view healthy eating. And primarily because they're buying, they're doing most of the grocery shopping and most of the cooking right now. You know, that's not always the case, but a majority of the time that is. So then that was just kind of, you know, extending that on, looking at it this week. And they had an interesting article about couples, um, how they start to kind of adopt each other's eating habits, um, you know, healthy eating, um, especially, again, depending on who's doing the grocery shopping, kind of has a little bit more control over that. But, you know, um, it's it was just interesting on how, uh, people kind of migrate to the other or to what they're they seem modeled so so what's the the conclusion of the article what's the, the overall thesis again well basically that you know it's how they say couples sometimes start to look like each other right, <laughs> over time right well they eventually start to eat like each other and not just not just when you're at home together but just in general um so even if they're not together that they'll start to you know habits that they might have had before they'd be less likely to or more likely vice versa so, so i've heard that like when you when people get married they both start to gain weight is that is that something like what you're talking about here or oh they didn't really mention that i mean they did say that if somebody had a healthy eating if they you know it does depend some people more likely depending on who's doing the grocery shopping but so if the healthy person the healthy eater i say healthy person healthy eater is the one doing the grocery shopping, then the one with the the poor eating habits is more likely to migrate that way. So that's kind of what they're saying is that that's that's kind of where the control seems to. We to uh, go from, spent so. some time with your cousins this past weekend, and they're on a. I think they corroborate what you're saying here that they're both on uh, a clean eating uh, routine that they've recently started, and they're both doing it together. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I are kind of on, we've kind of challenged each other. Well, I think too, like my thing, let's look at us as an example. I've always been a vegetable eater (laughs) and just like to eat vegetables. That's, I mean, I've never had a problem with it. I even talking to my mom today. She said that. So, um, I think that you're starting to have a little bit more that maybe you haven't completely no, I'm, Fallen. I'm, I'm yeah, definitely yeah. <laughs> increasing the amount of vegetables. I mean, you I'm said the other night, I've never eaten this many green beans at one time. So. <laughs> I'm serious. You made a, a thing of green beans last night that was, in, to me, it seemed like an insane amount of green beans, <laughs> but I, it was, they were wonderful and they were great. And I just, it's never been as much of a part. So I think that that article sounds like 
it's exactly right. And you could challenge each other. Uh, as I was about to say, you and I are on kind of a 30 day challenge with, with each other. Yeah, we should mention that to give people a well, little updates I, on our <laughs> progress with that. We're going to be doing some uh, photos coming up in about a month, some promotional photos for the website and for the podcast and some videos as well. So we decided we wanted to, to look our best for those. So we both kind of decided what's the one thing that we can cut back on that we uh, probably have a little too much of, or maybe something that by decreasing, we could you know, decrease our fat percentage or just tighten up a little bit. And so for me, it was sodas, um, even things like Red Bulls and uh, energy drinks and that kind of thing. To me, I'm not, I wouldn't say addicted to it. I have a few a week, but I think even just cutting back on those is going to be a big deal. So we decided for 30 days, I'm not going to drink any sodas except for I have three cheat days. Sarah has decided she's not going to drink alcohol for three months or three, three months, 30 days. Hey, wait, wait a minute. We extended the timeline. <laughs> 30 days and she's got three cheat days. So you want to tell the audience how many cheat days you've used so far? <laughs> I have one cheat day left. <laughs> She's got one left. And how many days do we have left? Oh, gosh. I think we've so, still got a while. I think we're going to shoot on the 23rd of October. At least 25 days left. So So we may have something interesting to say next week. So <laughs> I'm going to save that day. Further Fourth details day. <laughs> to come. But uh, that wraps up our, our show for this week. Thanks to you for listening. And if you would, uh, friend us on Facebook. Join us on iTunes. Just go to iTunes Store. Put in 2Fit. And then subscribe to us and give us a few stars. And send us an email if you like. You could send us an email at 2fit at fitwithb.com. And again, this is Brandon Walker. And I'm Sarah Hollyhead. Saying, get fit and be well. <laughs>